0: Grace and peace is ours through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Christian friends, I love this story from John chapter 20 about Jesus appearing to Thomas one week after Easter. And here we are, actually a week from Easter, and on that very day we get to focus on what Jesus did for Thomas and really does for all of us. What I love about this story is that it shows us how much Jesus loves us even when we doubt and truth be told, every Christian has doubts because we're all human. And it's been an ache of mine in my heart to watch often people who grew up hearing the good news of Jesus Christ go off to college or go off away far away from their home church and be challenged by differing ideas about Jesus and then watch their faith get dismantled by some kind of wise argument of human beings. And... Also, to have, have my own soul challenged by doubtful thoughts. It's almost like it comes around like the seasons of the year. Every so often, I get these huge doubts about everything that I t- believe and teach to other people. And, and then you wonder, what is God thinking about me because he sees me doubting? And, well, you can see what he thinks when you see how Jesus handles Thomas, and it's very encouraging, and I hope you're encouraged by it today, too. So let me set the scene just real quickly. The disciples, from Easter Sunday until this this week later, they really just huddled down. They sheltered at home. They kept the doors locked. They weren't afraid of a virus. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They didn't know what was going to happen next. And so, the, Thomas uh, was not there that, that first Easter Sunday when Jesus appeared to the others. We don't know why he wasn't there, but let's just say they have all gone through a very traumatic experience. They have been with Jesus. They have had huge, high hopes based on seeing his miraculous signs, walking with him, hearing his word, thinking one thing, that he was an earthly king, savior, uh, and then... And then watching him let himself get tortured and, and killed in that terrible way. And Thomas was disenchanted. He was going through post-traumatic stress. And it is, it is uh, like a fruit basket upset in his soul. Wherever he was, he wasn't there with the other apostles. And somehow, and this happens when we go through hard times, he has decided he doesn't trust anybody but himself because he had put so much trust in Jesus, and it all got shattered because it was based on a a faulty idea of who Jesus was. And so, he only trusts himself. So, his friends that he has been with, who were with Jesus with him, they tell Thomas, you weren't here, but he appeared to us. He appeared to Peter, and he appeared to Mary, and he appeared to the women at the tomb. He appeared to the two guys going to Emmaus and then he appeared to all of them when they were gathered back together Easter evening and it wasn't enough for Thomas this is what he said because he only trusted himself he said unless I with my own hands get to do what you did and put my finger in his wounds of his hands and my hand in his side that and, and there's the scars, so I know it's the right guy and it's not somebody else He said, unless I get to do that, I, and he uses the most vehement language, he says, I certainly will not believe. And we're going to read that text and read what Jesus did for Thomas, and we're going to learn from it for ourselves as well. Now, very quickly, I want to stop and take a step back from the story and talk about John who wrote it. Interestingly enough, and if you don't think this through, you're going to miss it. So that's why I want to take a step back. John wrote his gospel around 85 to 90 AD. Jesus died around 30 to 33. So we're talking 60 plus years later. The other three gospels were already written and copied and copied and studied by the churches. And even though they were written, there were people who were teaching different things about Jesus and causing many people to doubt. And so John, when he wrote his gospel, very clearly said, I am writing this, and we're going to see the the verse that I'm talking about, so that you would know Jesus, the Son of God, and you would have life in His name and believe in Him. So John wrote with the intent of telling stories the other men left out in their writings so that these stories would build up faith in the real Jesus. You see, it's not just having faith that's valuable, you can have faith in the wrong thing. I, Thomas had had faith in the wrong idea of who Christ was. But it's having faith in the true Christ and understanding and, and knowing him. And John is the last guy on earth who's one of the 12 apostles. All the others, including Thomas, have died when he wrote the stories. And he looks back, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to rescue the gospel from the false teachers For that generation at the end of the first century and for all times, John helps all of us to understand what we're supposed to believe and how to believe it. And by telling the story of how Jesus loved Thomas through it all, he's going to help us in our doubts as well. I'm kind of reminded in 1988 of the vice presidential debate. This is an iconic moment of all vice president or presidential debates. Uh, and so if you if, if you saw it live like I did you'll never forget it but you can go find it on YouTube Lloyd Benson was the Democratic senator from Texas running as vice president and Dan Quayle from Indiana was running from the Republican Party and Dan was in his 30s and Dan had on the campaign trail had been saying don't worry about if I have only one heartbeat away from the presidency because I'm the same age as JF Kennedy and I I, I, ha, I have experience like he did, and so he kept comparing himself. Well, the Benson's campaign managers had prepped him if he did, if Dan Quayle did this during the debate, what to say. And this is what happened. Dan Quayle says, "I am the same age as JFK when he was our president." And when Benson, it was his turn to speak. He said, "With all due respect, Senator Quayle, uh, I worked with JFK and Jack Kennedy." He said he was a friend of mine. And you, sir, are no Jack Kennedy. And there was a roar in the crowd, and it's reverberated for 30 years, that quote. Here's the deal. Benson, being the elder statesman, swept away all claims that anyone would make about comparing themselves, including Dan Quayle, to Kennedy, because he was old enough and he had been there. Now, take what I'm telling you and apply it to John. John is 85, 90 years old he had been with jesus these whippersnappers running around 30 40 50 years old telling what they think about jesus and his message that they're and they're skewing it and telling stories about him that aren't true john says i was with him i was one of his apostles he was a friend of mine i saw him die i saw him rise again i saw how he treated thomas i saw him with the woman at the well i saw him with nicodemus i know jesus i'm telling you the true story And when people received John's gospel with the story of Thomas in it and all the others I mentioned, their hearts were strengthened to believe the right message about Jesus Christ. In fact, the whole book starts with, in the beginning was the word, which is the word message, and the message was God, and then he goes on to tell the story. And John 3.16 is, God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, is right there in the conversation with Nicodemus. So hopefully I've given you a background now that you can look at the story of Thomas and realize this is the last of many stories that, uh, of how Jesus uh, and John tell us what Jesus' life and his person and work are all about. I want to read it to you now. And I want you to see how Jesus loved Thomas and how he loves you when you doubt. So look at John chapter 20 with me, and it's uh, starting at verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means a twin, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. We can leave it right there on the screen for us. Uh, I will not believe. I wonder how his negativity dampened their excitement. I mean, They're going to be going out to tell the whole world that they are witnesses of Christ's life, death, and resurrection and the meaning for the whole world. And they can't even convince one of their own 12 about it. Isn't that that hard? And was it Monday when they told him or Tuesday? We don't really know. But what we do know is that Thomas was committed to only trusting himself. And he said, I'm going to have to put my hand in his fingers and my hand in his side. Then I'll believe. Now remember, when he said that, he didn't see Jesus in the room. He was just with them. He probably was saying things that he was saying in his own mind and heart in his prayers, too. Well, it's seven days from when they had seen Jesus. And I want you to watch how Jesus shows grace and power, those two things, to Thomas. Look at this verse. It's verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Remember, remember he had done that before with the doors locked? He stood among them and said the same words he had said a week earlier, Peace be with you. Then without a word from Thomas, Jesus then said to Thomas, Picked him out of the crowd. Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. I want to make sure you see the grace of God through our Lord Jesus to Thomas. Thomas knew at that moment that Jesus, the Almighty, Omnipotent Lord, had heard what he said to the other apostles. Because when Jesus walked in, he didn't overhear an eavesdrop and hear Jesus say uh, Thomas say it. He had heard him say it days earlier. And Jesus, when he stepped into that room, said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give you what you ask for because I want you to have faith. I want you to believe in me." Now he could have come in and said, "Thomas, how dare you? How dare you not believe your friends?" And not believe all the times I told you that I was going to rise again. And so I just want to let you know you need to go the way of Judas. He didn't do that. He had mercy and grace on Thomas and he said, stop doubting and believe. He loved that man and Thomas knew that he loved him. Thomas knew that he was culpable but he knew that Jesus was condescending in grace to be merciful to him. Whenever we would... Have the Lord do something like this. We know we are loved. Here's something that's even uh, uh, like the gospel on steroids. What Jesus showed Thomas to prove that he was alive was the sign of his death. Get that? He put your your finger in the holes of the crucifixion and the spear that made sure I was dead. I am your Savior. I am the one that died for you, Thomas. You are saved. You are saved and you're safe. You're you're mine. And I'm alive. And everything's going to be fine. Thomas demonstrated that he got it. Look what he says. Then Thomas said to him, My Lord... And my God. Um, Both of the terms that you would use in any context in his day to say that Jesus was God in the flesh. He said, I am wrong. That's what he was saying. I had trusted myself, but now I realize I can and should and have to trust you and I want to. You are my Lord and Savior and you are my God. Notice Jesus didn't say, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. Now, I'm not really God. I'm like God's son, but not really God. He didn't say that because this is the, the, the Christ that John is heard about, saw, and was being critiqued by people. The people that were telling lies about Jesus in John, John's later years We're saying that Jesus never claimed to be God. So there are several places in his gospel where John lets the story declare it. And this is one of them where Thomas says, you're my Lord and my God. And some people might look at this and say, you know, that's really just theological hair splitting that anybody would worry about the deity of Christ. No, it's not. Our whole salvation is dependent upon Jesus being the God who became flesh and died for us to, to count, count for everybody. You can't just explain it away and make it some form of an esoteric argument. You, God wants everyone like Thomas to quit trusting only themselves and to trust that he did the miraculous. He came down and he became a human and he died for our sins and rose again. That's what he wants us to To hold on to. What did Jesus say next? Let's let's look at that next verse. Then Jesus told him. Because you've seen me. You have believed in me. Blessed are those who have not seen me. And yet believe. What Thomas received from Jesus. Is. Something more. Than what you and I will receive and yet it's something more that actually becomes ours as a gift. Thomas was chosen to be an apostle. I wasn't chosen to be an apostle. An apostle, and we get this from the book of Acts in chapter 1, an apostle was someone who would be sent to preach the gospel in that first century that could say, I'm an eyewitness to Christ's life, teachings, his perfection, his death, his resurrection, and the meaning of his message. They had had to be people who had been with Jesus and seen him in his resurrection. It says so when they picked a replacement for Judas. So Thomas has a special office that he's about to fail himself out of by demanding that he has to see Jesus himself. In fact, though, Jesus was going to show Thomas himself. He didn't need to wait for a demand from Thomas. But Jesus wanted people to not take from the story that he revealed himself to Thomas, that Thomas's demand that he had to see him was what created faith. Because faith in what you see is no faith at all. That's knowledge. And what what Jesus, Jesus came at a certain time in history, 2,000 plus years ago. He, He came and This is hard for us today because we are so intoxicated with being at the end of history that we feel like we're the smartest, the greatest, and God needs to be doing His biggest work now while we're walking around the earth. No, His biggest work was done 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked around on the earth. And that message of salvation is the big thing walking around the earth right now. But Jesus has already done it all. Many centuries before he came, people had to wait, and they didn't get to see it their whole lifetime. You don't get to see it your whole lifetime, just like the people before Christ. We all look to the to place and time two thousand years ago, and those twelve men, and, and then adding the thirteenth and the Apostle Paul, they were chosen by God from eternity to be the witnesses. This is the testimony that John, the last living apostle, even lived way beyond the Apostle Paul. That's what he's telling us by telling us the stories. Thomas, you're going to go out from this room and you're going to tell people that I'm risen from the dead for their sins. I have died and, and it's, the payment has been made. Blessed are those who believe your message. God has always wanted to reach us by a message. That's how the whole book of John begins. In the beginning was the word, the message. And the word was with God and the word was God. He wants to meet us in our soul. And he wants the message to be right. It is right from him. But people can get it all messed up and they can create all kinds of doubts. And here's the message. Everything inside of us is tainted by sin. And we are all in need of a Redeemer and a Savior. And God knew that. So he could have scrapped the whole project, but he didn't. Instead, he chose to love us by sacrificing himself and satisfying the pure justice his own by the sacrifice of his own son. Jesus, God the Son, came to earth to die for everyone. And the only way that he would complete the rescue was by conquering sin and the death that it causes by rising from the dead and giving us that same eternal life that we will rise from the dead one day too. And he tells us, let yourself believe that. Blessed are you if you do believe that. Flip to that next slide. I want you to, I want you to look at what you're seeing on the, on the slide right now while you listen to me. The first quote is from the night before Jesus died in John 14. And it's, it's what John, Jesus said to Thomas in front of all the apostles. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's because Jesus had just said he was going to heaven to prepare a place for us in his father's house were many rooms and he was going to prepare a place. This is what Thomas said. Well, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How would we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas, I will not leave you to figure this out on your own. You don't have to make demands of me. You don't have to tell everybody what I, you've got to have done so before you would believe. I'll make sure you have what you need to believe. And I'll make sure you have what you need to help other people believe because you'll be able to confidently say you saw me rise from the dead. Thomas doesn't know all that's in there, but it is. I am the way the truth, and the life. I will tell you the meaning of my life and I will show you the way. Well, run the clock forward a week and a few days. And John the Apostle, as he finishes his story of Thomas, he writes this verse. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and and by believing, you may have life in his name. The verse right before that says, Jesus did many miraculous signs that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and have life in his name, so that you might believe in him. John wrote, reminded us about the story of Thomas and Jesus miraculously appearing to him so that we would learn to trust the witness of the elder statesman John and all the other apostles that this man Jesus had died for us And he had risen again. The entire New Testament is built on the witnesses of the apostles. I'm going to just real quickly remind you of why this is so important. There are still alive in this world and in our country and in our city many different ideas about Jesus Christ. They are not just out there somewhere in a faraway time in a faraway place. Uh, it was just a few years ago when I was, you well, know, maybe a lot of years ago in my life. I was probably in my late 20s. I was standing in a, 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 a washateria or a place where you, a dry cleaning place where you go pick up your, your dry cleaning. And this lady behind the counter was obviously from the Middle East. And I said, hi, how are you? And I want to can I, My name is Donald Patterson and I needed my suit. And she gave it to me. And somehow I was wanting to witness to her, and I said, I'm a Christian. And she said, oh, well, I'm Muslim. We believe in the same Jesus. And I said, really? Who is he? And she said, we believe he's a prophet. I said, is he more than a prophet? And she said, no. But we believe in him. I said, no, you don't believe in him because he was more than a prophet. Uh, That's an example. Uh, I was at a high school gathering for religious leaders to be up front. I was asked by one of my high school student members of our church, could you come and represent Lutheranism. And I did. Well, ends up, I was the only Christian pastor there. There was a Hindu, two Muslims from the two different stripes of being Islam. And there was a Hindu. And then there was a uh, somebody from a, another religion. I can't remember what it was. And they asked each one of us to speak. Well, I was like last to, to give our opening statement. And and there were 250 high school students at Westwood High School. And, and they were told... By their teachers, if you go to this, this evening meeting, we'll give you extra credit. So that piled them into the room because they wanted extra credit. Well, the Hindu says at the other end, I just want you to know that we, are, we believe in the Christian God along with all of our gods. And he said, there are many gods. Then the, one of the Islamic guys, when it was his turn to speak, he said, I want you to know that in Islam, we also believe in the Christ the way that Christians do. So they got to me, and I'm thinking, I'm going to be the party pooper, but I'm going to speak the truth. So this is what I said. You in Hinduism say that Jesus is one God among many gods, but, but the Bible says that he is the only God, and he's part of a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? And the Hindu hung his head, shook it. And he's hung his head because he knew he had been dishonest. And then I said to the, the guy from Islam, I said, you said that you believe in the Christ too, but in your religion, you believe he is only a prophet and you don't believe he's the son of God who was crucified and risen again for the salvation of people, do you? And he said, no, we do not. And I said, so I I looked out at the crowd and I said, it's okay to be honest. You don't have to hide it. We, We are not the same. We do not believe the same things. We don't have to try to say we believe the same things. Be honest. There are many different views of who Jesus is and don't mistake, that the view of Jesus Christ, of the Bible, is that He is God who's come to earth to die and rise again for all of our sins. I'd like to say that somebody got excited and clapped at that, but they didn't. It was, it was quiet in the room because it was a, a stark contrast. And I'm just trying to show you those ideas are alive and well today. I have something else. I have something else to read to you. And it's, it's a, an email I got just three weeks ago from a couple who have a child in our, our school, our little uh, early childhood learning center. I'll call him Bob. And he came to our Bible study. In the first two nights, we talked a lot about Jesus dying and rising again for us according to the New Testament. Hello, Pastor. Good to hear from you and in inviting us back to the next lesson. We have decided that we can't come back. We're sorry. It's just not for us. I've been studying religion my whole life in my own way and I've got my own God connection. My problem with it is that, is, is that I believe that the wrong books were chosen to be in the Bible. That Back then, they made up a history that would fit the books that they had chosen. I really do not agree that the Bible is a holy book. I think it's a mixed bag. And the New Testament copied a lot of its work from an original source, and that original source was originally there at Christ's death, and it had a lot to say But most of this original source did not fit the history that everyone wanted. And so that original book had to be destroyed. That's what I believe. And and I believe it was instead we got a version of the story that's twice removed from the original story. It was twice removed because it was not the story that was being told back when Jesus was here. This new story that the Bible has is a pagan story turned into a one God story using motifs from the Jewish story. And none of the story of the real Christ was there to teach, and it didn't make it out of that century. Jesus was there and taught thousands of people his real message. We can feel his message in our gut, but his message is not the Bible's message. Anyway, it's just that you and I know a different Christ, and I am not trying to attack in any way but as men of God, we are going to have to let each other believe in our beliefs. Thank you for understanding. I wrote this because I respect you as anyone doing what you do. And I wanted you to know that I'm, going, I'm not going to make it to your lessons anymore. Our camps are just different. That is a, a loving way of saying, I believe in a different Jesus. John the Apostle Was anxious to help people like this. And so are we. I don't want you to be a person like this. And to miss out on the real Jesus. So I'm begging you. With your doubts. You bring them to the scriptures. And you bring them to Jesus. And you say show me your message. And I'm going to remind you again that he did. He came. To live and die and rise again. So you could have the hope of forgiveness. God's presence in your life every day with his grace and eternal life forever. That's Easter. That's the good news. That is the message that Jesus gave us. That's what the apostles told us. Don't let anybody pontificate to take that away from you. Amen.